to another episode of the Teaching Canada's History podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Campbell, and in this special educator series, we're speaking with the finalists for the 2019 Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Created in 1996, the award recognizes best practices in teaching Canadian history and is an opportunity to highlight the important work that teachers and students are doing to interpret and share the stories of the past. Today, I'm being joined by Rob Bell, a grades five and six teacher at Dundas Central Public School in Dundas, Ontario. So welcome, Rob. Thank you for joining me today. Congratulations on being named a finalist for this year's award. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more about your classroom, and share with us the project that you submitted as part of this award. Thanks, Brooke. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so this year, uh, my class, um, we, 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 I knew we wanted to do a... a, a, a a um a unit with them about the uh the spanish influenza where we're, we're coming up to the we are at the we were, at the time we were coming up to the 100 year anniversary and i wanted to introduce them to it and it seemed like a good time to to uh to address the topic um and i started working with um the dundas museum which is literally a block from my school uh and there's an it's just an am amazing staff there and in particular anna patterson who's the education coordinator there i, I did several meetings with her i i, I wanted i was looking for for people to partner with as i uh, as i led into the uh into the unit and uh, one of the things i asked her was um could is there a chance that anybody that went to our school was affected by the um uh by the epidemic and she found uh the name of a student who unfortunately had died uh um, of uh, of the Spanish influenza, um, and uh, during the outbreak when it hit our community, and it is um, so our, the project really went from being a traditional unit, uh, if I can use it, put it in those terms, um, where I thought I would really be delivering content that that, that kids would um, uh, get into um, uh, in, in in sort of traditional uh, modes or, or formats. Instead, it became a search for the identity of this girl, and and, and we spent uh, the better part of six months learning about her her life. Um, meeting, we one of the really cool things that came out of it was we discovered two branches of her family that didn't know each other that still lived in our community. We introduced them to each other. Um, the whole thing culminated into uh, a, a museum exhibit that we did um, for a community uh, around her life, and the, the title of that project was Finding Hazel. That sounds really incredible. And sounds very impactful for your students, I can imagine. You're talking about collaboration and working with the Dundas Museum. How does that fit into your overall teaching philosophy? Oh, okay. So well, one of the things, especially as I, the, the more I teach, the, um, one of the things I'm trying to do is to uh, to leverage um, the the different connections um, and uh, for our school. I, you know, I, I used to think of uh, the imperative of, of educating children as being uh, the, the responsibility uh, of the, the teacher and the parent. And of course, that's the, the, the case. But the longer I teach, the more I've come to see, to experience the value of bringing as many stakeholders or, or, or uh, partners into that experience. And um, if I if I could just now, I wanted just to mention a few of the ones that, that we, we worked with who were so generous with the kids. Um, I, I've already mentioned the Dundas Museum uh, and in particular Anna Patterson there, who were just extraordinary with our, our, our students. But also we worked with uh, McMaster's Child and, uh, and Youth University and a partic particular Dr. Uh, Dr. Raha, who runs the program, they uh, 
they send graduate students into uh, schools. In this case, the grad students came in in over five different workshops. They taught my kids uh, about the, um, the, uh, the the science um, uh, and biology, uh, if you will, behind uh, the Spanish influenza. But there were other other people like we have uh, just an incredibly uh, uh, rich history in Dundas, um, like many communities. Uh, and one of our local historians, uh, Mr. Stan Novak, he spent he took the kids to the local cemetery where uh, where we found uh, Hazel's um, uh, her gravesite. Um, we also worked with. Uh, uh, scientists at McMaster who uh, at McMaster University who uh, we did dissections uh, with them and the, uh, looking at uh, the impact of the inf influenza on certain organs um, and uh, yeah it was it, there's, it's just a, such a rich rich uh, community that way another um, uh, shout out or thank you I'd like to give is to uh, Dr. Penny Garrison um, Reverend Penny Garrison who is the minister at um, Knox Presbyterian Church which is where uh, Hazel's family attended, and uh, they dug up all kinds of really extraordinary artifacts about Hazel's life and uh, Hazel's uh, family. Um, they, they were uh, the, the Layden family was a big; um, uh, they were big members of the uh, of the Presbyterian Church in Dundas, and uh, we actually it was them that connected us with uh, Hazel's niece, um, who's still alive, and uh, it, that that was such an extraordinary experience because of uh, those those different partnerships and uh, and stakeholders. Wow, I love all the interdisciplinary aspects of this project. You're really managing to connect all these different elements that have to do with the Spanish influenza, but that are also probably relevant to today. I just want to mention, I was struck by the generosity of everybody we came in contact with who wanted to share um, their knowledge and expertise with with the kids. And uh, that it just, it, 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 every time I, I run a project like this, I'm struck by how, how virtually everybody we've worked with, um, they're, all they say is yes, of course they'll help. Uh, they want to, they want to interact with students and, and share what they know. Um, and and uh, I just love that about uh, a better, you know, the, that generosity that you find in people. Mm -hmm. It seems like your community really came together behind this project. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Throughout this whole process, what were some of the key takeaways that your students were making, whether that was through their personal development or based on their knowledge? What do you think was the greatest impact for them? That's a great question. I, I, um, I think there's, there's different uh, – I'd, I'd answer that question on, on, on different levels. On the one uh, – the, the, the big thing for the students, I think, was this – through this experience, they didn't just learn about their their community's history. They actually contributed to it in, in really um, tangible ways. Uh, the 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 exhibit that they curated through the museum um, and with the help of the museum staff um, was a, was a really big it was a really big deal. It was, and and it again it, it added to the the historical and cultural history of our community in, in very tangible ways. It brought all kinds of people together. We had um, professors at our, at our uh, museum opening. We had obviously family members. We had members of the community, local historians. Um, and again, the, the big highlight, and this, is, this was my big highlight, was uh, at, the, at the exhibit, the kids got to introduce the two uh, living relatives of, uh, of Hazel's um, of, of Hazel's and who had not met, they, they didn't know each other existed. And, and the kids discovered both, uh, both of these individuals and to, to have them introduce them there at the uh, exhibit opening 
was really uh, an extraordinary takeaway. Yeah, I can imagine that was huge for them. And you were able to make this story of the Spanish flu pandemic, which is a global story. You made it really personal for them and really, you know, they they bought into the story and bought into that history. Absolutely. Is that part of the way that you really try to keep your students engaged in studying history? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I think um, one of the things that that kids appreciate, and I certainly appreciate, is, is the the story within history, if you will. So it's, it's seeing themselves as um, as part of a larger human story, whether it be as um, uh, in this case, uh, a member of their local community or as uh, part of a, a national community as a Canadian or, or as world citizens, depending on what you're teaching. And so for helping kids see their place in that, that larger narrative, I think is, is, um, is one of the, the, the great, um, mechanisms of, of, of the, uh, of history, um, and, and the experience of learning it. I also think though, that, uh, the more hands-on we can make it, particularly for uh, I, I teach kids who are uh, usually you know anywhere between uh, nine and eleven, um, and we, so we do a lot of hands-on things. So we've done um, uh, like for instance, my, my school is, uh, was built in 1857, and we, we did an archaeological dig in front of our school, which was really cool. Um, and the, the kids dug up all all kinds of things. Unfortunately, you know, we were we were hoping for hidden treasure, but uh, nothing like that. Lots of nails and uh, bits of porcelain and that sort of thing. But the kids got to. Uh, literally hold some of the history of their community. We found old rail to, uh, rail lines. Uh, there used to be a, a train that, that ran, uh, a train route that ran in front of uh, where our school is now uh, prior to 1857. It was really cool. The kids dug up these these rail rail ties. Um, we, we we had the, um, uh, the opportunity to buy some metal detectors, which, which, have, which have sort of helped the kids also get in there in different ways, looking for artifacts and things. So I love that hands-on um, interaction with history um, as well. That's so cool. <laughs> That's really, really cool. And I think it's great that your students are actually doing history because sometimes so much of it is this theoretical level, but to have your students, especially at a, at an elementary level, actually going out there and digging in the ground or putting on a museum exhibit, I can only imagine the deep connections that they are truly forming. It's really fun watching them when they dig something out of the ground. The uh, I, I, one of the humorous things that happened was one of the kids uh, found a penny from uh, from 1971, and which was the year I was born. And they ran up as if they they'd found like a an ancient artifact. Uh, and, you know, Mr. Bell, look, 1971. And I was like, well, it's not as old as you think. Maybe it is. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, um, there's lots of great anecdotes and stories that come from those experiences uh, that are, uh, are really rewarding. I would love to be a parent at the dinner table after a student has one of these experiences to, to come home and hear what they did at school that day and what they learned and, and what they're talking about. I can only imagine those rich discussions that are coming out of this kind of activity. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. You... You mentioned that you're you're really into hands-on history. What other tools and resources do you like to use in the classroom to to teach history or to teach social studies? Sure. So one of the things I uh, I think yeah, again this is this is this is something I've, I've stumbled upon. I wish I could say this was you know this this came out of uh, you know uh, some brilliance on my part. It certainly did not. It's something I've stumbled upon. But it I, I think that when kids can do 
and they can take their learning and create something real. Um, and I mean, genuinely uh, real in a, in a larger marketplace, if you will. One of the things that, that, that there's real um, commitment on their part. One of the things we do, uh, we've started working with Amazon and uh, uh, through Kindle Direct Publishing, you can self-publish um, your, your own book. So uh, two, uh, for two years now, we run a, a publishing house out of the classroom. So the kids take a, 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 a research project. And throughout the year, we work with the Hamilton Public Library. We, we got our own library card as a class and uh, we 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 do order our books and we go down the library are magnificent uh, there's a incredible library librarian in Dundas called uh, uh, Kelly Elliott Ms Elliott is amazing with our class she holds our books for us uh, they always welcome us to they've got a special room where you can come down and, and a class can work um, and so two years ago we published a book on a biography of Shakespeare I, I do a Shakespeare unit every year in language and I, and I, I couldn't find a book that I really liked, so we, we ended up writing it. Uh, we, we wrote the book that we wanted, and that's now the textbook we use. And it's for sale on, on Amazon. We've sold copies in England and in Europe as well. Like it's, it's really cool for the kids to see. They have their own bank account. Um, and they, they had, uh, they had pounds sterling and they had euros in their account, which is really, that was a really neat experience. And then this year we did, uh, I'm just, I'm still editing it, uh, over the summer, uh, but I've got the proof copy of their book. Uh, uh, it's a biography of the group of seven and Tom Thompson for kids. And it, everything they, that, that we write in, in through our, our, our press is obviously for kids. Um, and this year, uh, coming up, there's a, a there's a, another book that the, this year's class will, will work on. And, and uh, you know, like with the Shakespeare book, they met a, a, a Shakespearean scholar from McMaster who, who they worked with, who is just incredibly um, uh, open and generous with uh, with uh, the, the kids. Uh, that is Dr. Melinda Goff. And there, that, by the way, the Shakespeare book is even for sale at the Stratford Festival, uh, who heard about what the kids did. And um, so it's been really cool using platforms like Amazon, which obviously has a global reach, um, to help the kids create something that's real. They, they, they work with a book designer and they have to raise the money to, to pay the, that, the designer and that sort of thing. And this all takes place through the course of the school year. That's another really cool project that I want to know more about. And now I need to go and, and search on Amazon and read, read their stories or read their books. That'd be awesome. I want to, <laughs> I want to finish this podcast with uh, a big question, then almost a, a reflection of your career. And, and that's what advice would you give to yourself as a younger teacher? I think back to when I first started and I, what I, what I would say to myself and certainly uh, uh, you know, anybody entering the profession is, is don't rely on yourself. <laughs> uh, I, I, when I first started teaching, I, I, I thought it was uh, it was my job to come up with everything, um, and that uh, in my case that's a big limitation for my students if they, if they're only relying on me. But if I uh, one of the things I uh, again learned as I've gone on is is the the tremendous value of bringing other people in uh, into your classroom, letting them meet um, sculptors and painters and poets and and historians and um, you know scientists. People who anybody who's you know passionate and interesting um, uh, is will will be inherently engaging for kids, and uh, and those those have only been really good experiences uh, for my students as the years have gone on. Like again, when we did the the archaeological dig uh, that I mentioned before, we did that a number of years ago with a, with a class, and that being able we, we had neighbors offering their backyards. 
uh, to the students, uh, inv inviting them in. Um, and, and a lot of this stuff is, 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 is serendipitous and, 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 and comes, uh, uh, sort of on the fly. But, uh, yeah, my, I guess my, my advice to myself would be, uh, relax a bit and, uh, and, and, and ask and rely on, on other people to come and, uh, and be part of, um, the, uh, the, uh, the experience of teaching your class. Thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and to share all of your wisdom and your, your insight and your reflections on this incredible project. Well, thank you, Brooke. I'm not sure if there's a lot of wisdom there, but I, I've certainly enjoyed talking with you. Thank you.